Sing it out, shout it loud, cover all the earth, let the sound of the saints everywhere be heard. Praise the God who has come to cure our every broken heart. He is Lord over all, His reign will never end. Through the fire and the flood, He draws His children in. He's the light of the world, brighter than the brightest star. The God of brilliant lights is shining down over us, breaking through the darkness, covering all the earth. Oh, His love is like an ocean. Oh, forever overflowing, the God of brilliant lights shining over us. Sinners, come to the cross and lay your troubles down at the foot of the one whose mercy will abound. He's not afraid of our filth. He will never turn away. The God of brilliant lights is shining down over us, breaking through the darkness, covering all the earth. Oh, His love is like an ocean. Oh, forever overflowing. The God of brilliant lights. Shining over us, shining over us, like the morning rises, God, your light is shining, shining over us, shining over us, like the morning rises, God, your light is shining, shining over us. Sing it out, shout it loud. Cover all the earth, let the sound of the saints everywhere be heard. Praise the God who has come to cure our every broken heart. Good morning. It's one way to get everybody started is to just start singing, then you all sit down and you know, I love it, though, if we all visit and are encouraging each other. And, you know, we're a family, right? What happens when somebody leaves for a while? you got to sit down. you got to figure out what they did when they come back or you see them again. you got to catch up. Brandon left for a week, and we had a lot to catch up on and things to just sit and talk about. And I love that. You know, on a Sunday morning, there's nothing wrong with that, catching up a little bit. And I hope that we're always encouraging each other, too, though, and what God is doing in us and through us throughout the week. We should have a lot to talk about. A lot happened, but I hope we're lifting each other up and encouraging each other. Um, this morning, um, let's just begin with a word of prayer and just thank God for this beautiful and wonderful day and this opportunity we have again to just gather in His name to worship Him. Heavenly Father, we just come so thankful, Lord, that You are the reason, and Lord, You're the reason that we are here today, and we want to worship You and glorify Your name, and You have done so much and are continuing to do so much, Lord, in this world and in our lives and in our hearts. Lord, you are the one that is changing us 
Lord, you are adding to us abundantly all that we are asking. And, Lord, I just pray that you would continue to do a work in each one of us as we serve you and and seek after you. And, Lord, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. And, Lord, that as we encourage those around us, as we as we uh, are a testimony to those that we work with or come in contact with, Lord, even as Moses on the mount, Lord, his face shone after being with you, I pray that that's what people would witness as they experience life with us day to day. Lord, that we would truly shine and show that we have been with Jesus. Lord, would that reflection come forth. Thank you so much, Lord, that you have given us salvation. Lord, that you Okay, now I got my ears back too, so. Um, All right, you back on now? I will give you a little bit of time. You don't know what happened? You know, just so you know, all the the sound guys, you know, they're unnoticed. I I love this because this happened at Victory Church in Thailand. They were singing. In the middle of singing, everything died. So the pastor got up later, and he was running around like a crazy man trying to figure it all out, you know, and they got it back up, and he said, you know, afterwards he was like, you know, nobody knows how important those sound guys are until that sound goes out. (laughs) Then we all realize how thankful we are for them. Until then, they're really pretty unappreciated back there sitting in the corner. But uh, I am very appreciative of the guys that come in here. They're here every morning when we ask them to be, and they're back there serving and giving all that God has given to us. So, glad that they do this. A lot of behind the scenes. Are we back on yet? I have my in-ears, but that's it. Can you guys stand the keyboard? Huh? It's not. No, it's his house speakers, he said. All right. Now it's back on. You can hear out of that? Okay. My wife is saying she wants you to stand. I love when you stand with me. <laughs> <laughs> but I know it's hard for some to stand, and that's totally fine. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never failed me all my days. I've been held in your hands. Moment that I wake up till I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. Every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. You have led me through the fire in darkest night. You are close like no other. 
studying um, or had the question for the youth on Friday night why just why you ever think about that why 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 what Judd's wondering why it snows um, I wonder that too um, why does a child die why is there sunshine why just why and to put it in a nutshell, I thought it was said so well. God is why. He is the why behind everything. So if we understand that God is the why, all that's left is to be thankful, to worship. He is the why. Can we be thankful? We have mountaintops, we have valleys we go through. But to remember, he is the why in all of those. And just be thankful.
saves are his delight. Christ will hold me fast, precious in his holy sight. He will hold me fast. He'll not let my soul be lost. His promises shall last. Bought by him at such a cost, he will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. For my Savior loves me so. He will hold me fast. For my life he bled and died. Christ will hold me fast. Justice has been satisfied. He will hold me fast. Raised with him to endless life. He will me fast till our faith is turned to sight when he comes at last. He will hold me fast. He will hold me fast for my Savior loves me so. He will hold me Jesus. 
sang for us. Son of God and man, you are high and lifted up. All the world will praise your great the Lord this week? If you don't say something, I'll just call on you. I'm thankful. Again, I'm a broken record, but I'm thankful for his faithfulness. Because when um, I am not faithful, still he is faithful. And I'm just so thankful for that, for his grace, for his life, um, for the life that we get to live with him, and that we are not alone. We never walk alone. Um, even if we don't understand all the questions sometimes and the things that happen in life, um, I'm so thankful for a, that we serve a God, a Father, who knows and understands and loves and walks with us. Um, and all we have to do is trust Him. 
trust him. And I thank him so much for his faithfulness. As we heard last week, I'm thankful for his grace, his enabling grace, the power that we have through that. Amen. Hallelujah to the King. No more tears. 
face to face, see you face to face. We will worship, worship you forever in your presence. We will sing, we will Is alive. He is alive. 
sing hallelujah, the Lamb is overcome. We sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, the Lamb is overcome forever, He is glorified forever, He Wow, we got a crowd this morning. Okay. Anybody ever play darts? So I need a volunteer to stand here. <laughs> you still want to stand here? You ever heard of William Tell? Never heard of William Tell? Well, back in England, you know who William Tell was? This was not my Bible study. Um, back in England, Dwayne's volunteering. Uh, okay. Um. So back in England, back in, oh, I don't know, a couple hundred years, a very couple hundred years ago, there lived a man and his son, or he was, he was taken prisoner, but he could go free if he could do one thing. He had to shoot an apple off of the, his kid's head. You ever heard of that? Now you know who William Tell is? So his son had to stand there with an apple on his head, and he had to shoot the apple off his head. How many of you, I wouldn't even want to, with a gun, shoot an apple off my son's head. With scope and sights, I wouldn't want to do it. Much less with an arrow. Huh? Or a knife, I wouldn't want to do that. How about a dart? Okay. All right. So, have you guys ever, um, have you ever said anything cross? Mean, and you've never said anything mean to somebody? Oh, huh? Sometimes? Okay, here's the deal. If you guys can't come up with what you said mean, I'll ask your parents, then you get to throw a dart. Uh-oh. Tiffany's like, I'm going to be throwing a lot of darts. Okay, so this is the deal. You get to throw a dart. At that target, if you tell me something you said mean, or the gist of it, okay? 
So like me, for instance, I drive a lot on the roads. Get out of the road, you idiot. Ooh. Hmm. You moron. Never said anything like that? You did now, huh? Looks fun, don't it? Hmm. Okay. Let me see. What else do I say? Hmm. Drive it or park it? I, I'm trying to think outside of driving. <laughs> That's where I get my angriest. Um, hmm, let me see. What do I say to my children sometimes when I'm upset? So I have to ask one of my boys? Okay, what do I say? What do I say when I'm upset at you? Oh, good. I thought you'd say it right off the top of your head. Brad? Oh, wow, I'm feeling better by the minute. Huh? This is a very bad question. It, this is very negative, right? But you'll understand it soon enough. All right. Anybody, any volunteer? Okay, Caden? Well, you got to tell me something you've said to your sister or something. Oh, now you sit back down. Oh. Do you have something to say? What did you guys say? Did you ever say, I, how could you ever say anything mean in your life? Hold on here. Hold on. You got? Is there anything you've ever said mean? Yeah. What? No. Huh? You ever said, like, you're, you're a meanie? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to stay. You might want to sit over here. There you go. Now you can hit it. Throw it. Uh oh. Go get it here. Come back. Right. Okay. So here you got to throw it like this. You hold this here between. Oh, here. Let me have it. You hold this between your fingers and you throw it. Okay. Oh. Okay. Well, we'll move it up here. All right. Oops. Okay. Anybody else? Nobody's going to volunteer here. Okay. What have you ever said? Oh, ouch. Okay, you get two darts. You get two darts for that. Woo! Oh, try again. Okay, good job. I wish you weren't my sister. Oh, my. Okay. Anybody else? Okay, here we go. I could guess that John's kids would have said something. Okay, what'd you ever say? You're mean. Oh, man. Okay, there you go. Okay, good job. All right, I mean, not on the words, but on the throwing. Anybody else? Denzel, have you ever? Oh, oh. You again? You are full of it this morning. You never said anything? Huh? Not? Okay. Uh, Benny? No, got to come up with something new. Now let me think here. Um, you don't like me. You're never fair to me. You never said that? Oh, I think you've said it a lot. 
Hmm. Okay. Let's not say something maybe you have said. What's something what's something that's mean to say? Um Rude. Okay. You're a bad brother. Come and throw two cards. Oh, good job. Okay. All right. What do you got again? You're stupid. Okay, somebody else gets to throw for that. Okay, Caden. I know you've said a few things, though. I'm sure I could come up with something or your mom. Okay. Oh! Don't tell Grandpa. Go ahead, throw the other one first. Okay, here's another one. You actually guys aren't too bad, actually. All right. You're a meanie. You're not nice. What do you got? You're ugly. Okay. Does that work? Okay, you throw those two. Woo! Man, I think I got a bunch of dark flares here. Okay, something else. You can't kick that ball. You're terrible at soccer and baseball and football. You need to do soccer? Okay, here you go. What's wrong? Well, you'll learn. These guys don't know how to either. Come on. You want to try? You want to try? You want to try? Okay. You want to do it for them? Woo! Oh! Man, those are drilled. All right. I'm a little surprised you guys could hit that target. I was afraid I wasn't going to get anything in there. Okay. What's something else? Has Tiffany ever said anything? Anthony? Where's Anthony at? Got his head buried. He don't want to hear. Um, you never said anything in the car to your brother? Hmm. Your boots are ugly. Nothing like that? Okay. Your lipstick don't look good. <laughs> Nothing like that? Okay, I'm, I'm way off. I don't know what the girls say to each other. Okay, just come up and throw two darts. Okay, close enough. All right. You want to throw two darts? You don't have to say anything. You still don't want to? You're scared? Okay. Good job. Do you want to throw two darts? You want to throw two? You threw two. You threw two. You want to throw two? Okay. Watch out. Woo! Good job. Now oh, let me get my head out of the way. Go ahead. Oh, good. Woo! All right. Did you want to throw two darts yet? Okay. Good job. All right. Okay. 
What do you think happens when we say it? What, ha what, what are we saying to others? Are they words? Right? Do you think they're rude words? Okay. Did they, did they hurt you when you said them? I want to show you something. Okay, you're not going to play with these, right? Yeah. You're going to protect them, right? You're not going to let anybody play with those, right? Okay, good. All right. You have something to say? But you already said, right? You can still say it, but I can't give you any more darts. What do you got to say? You're ugly. Are you telling that to me? Ouch. I look just like your dad. I look better than your dad, right? Oh. Okay. All right. So, this is a problem of a mic not having a way to hold it. So, who are we a part of? God. How? Because he made us. Okay. What else? You don't know? Okay. Can I, steal? Can I sit here? Can you guys still all hear me? All right. No? All right. So we're going we're gonna to look up a few verses here. I want to show you a few scriptures, okay? Is that all right? We're going to look at Matthew 12, verse 36. And I'm going to have to turn to all these, so you guys are going to have to give me a second, because I don't know my Bible like Phil. I have to find things. Um, all right. So Matthew 12, verse 36 says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. You ever said careless words? That's what we were kind of talking about, right? You think when I'm driving down the road and I say something like, get out of the way, you moron. You think I'm really thinking about what I'm saying? It's careless. I'm just spouting off, right? I'm going to give an account for that one day. Okay, let's go to Proverbs 12, 14. All right, so now, what is, what is a dart kind of like? Is it, is it like a weapon? What, what would it remind you of? A what? A what? The devil? Mm, what kind of weapon in the Bible would you think it maybe reminds you of? A spear? An arrow? Sharp like a sword, right? Claws? Um, finger? Okay, you guys are getting silly now. All right. So, in Proverbs 12, it says, it says in Proverbs 12, 14. Oops, I got the wrong one here. Now I'm not going to know which one I want. Well, I got the wrong one written down. But it says, our words are sharp. They pierce like a sword. You think a dart pierces like a sword? Kind of does, doesn't it? I want to show you guys something. Do you believe we are, do you believe, you said we are part of the Christ, right? Christ lives within us, right? So if Christ is within us, he is a part of our body, right? He's a part of us. So if I say something cruel to you and you have Christ in you, what happens? Did I hurt just you? No. Who did I hurt? God? You think I did? No, I hurt God. Let me show you something here. 
little anticlimactic. See, you're just throwing at something, somebody. You're throwing at a target. Who really got hurt? Yeah. We have to be careful with what we say. Our actions, our words, they truly do hurt. And not just somebody, but they also hurt Jesus with what we say. We have to be careful with that. All right? Is that a good lesson? It's a good thing for me to remember, too, because I need it just as much as you do, probably more. But let's remember that when we say things, it's not just hurting us, it's hurting others. And it's hurting Christ above all. Okay, you can go back to your parents. What's that? Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Glad to have you here this morning with us. Thanks to the Carriage family for sharing this morning in the praise and worship and also the uh, children's lesson. Um, not here to pick on anybody, but when I walked in, Anthony came up to me and wondered if I'd kind of do the moderating. Well, one thing that kind of came into my mind right away is, uh, and it's a scripture that has always been in my mind is, to be prepared in season and out of season. And it kind of was kind of along with what Kerry was sharing is so many times we we just blurt things out sometimes. And so I think sometimes is to be prepared in season and out of season is to give thought of what we speak at times. And then the other scripture is in uh, Mark 11 or Mark 13, 11, and also in Luke 12, 12. Basically, the saying is, um, when you're brought before uh, authorities and everything, I know so many times we kind of get worked up, or I do this all the time for myself, even in, with my work, line of work, and I even told my son is, so many times you, you have a customer or something that just kind of uh, kind of angry at you, um, so many times what I just do is, like, I don't want to call them, but I know that I need to. And so I just say a word of prayer before I actually make that call. And it's always amazing how your call goes. And it just just pretty much without fail, it's like, well, that wasn't half as bad as I thought it was going to be. And anyway, um, those are a couple verses that I always kind of hold dear to my heart is, you know, is, and it's a challenge, I think, for all of us is to be prepared to have a word to speak, um, even in the times when we're kind of put in situations, we, kinda, we tend to get kind of worked up. We don't know, like, I don't know what I'm going to say, but it's just to know that the Spirit of God is with you, and he will give you words to speak in that hour. you know what you're going to speak? <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, we got a Leon uh, for bringing the word. Uh, thanks again.
for coming. We do have a new meal prepared here, so feel free to hang around and participate in that and fellowship. Put on your calendars. Hopefully, John and Sarah are watching. <laughs> uh, got John and Sarah's 50th anniversary. They have looked like an open house here on January the 6th. Uh, open house from 2 to 5. So I assume this is open for anyone and all to come, I guess. So uh, it'll be a great time. Happy anniversary, Ashes. <laughs> um, Anyway, uh, with that being said, Brother Lee, uh, why don't you come forward and we'll have a word of prayer and then we'll turn the time over to you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and for your goodness to us. We thank you for your grace and your mercy again this morning. Lord, I just thank you for my brother Lee. I just pray you'd give him words to speak and anoint him with your spirit. Give him peace and in his heart and his uh, spirit as well, Father. And just help us to, uh, as a body, help us to have open ears and, Lord, to hear what you have for us. We ask this all in Christ's name. Amen. One, two, uno, dos, tres. Some of you are like, I understood that one. <laughs> Good for you. So who ate turkey this last Thursday? Me too. It was a great time, and it was beautiful. Um, if I'm not wrong, that was probably the first time or maybe the second time that my parents or my family had you know, a Thanksgiving meal. And usually, in my family, when we are with, I don't know, I'm going to say Americans, people that maybe haven't tried, like, specific kind of food, you know, that we, that we make, and it's kind of funny for us to hear, how do you eat this? They're like, duh, you see the tortilla, you see the meat, put it inside, fold it and put it in your mouth, pretty much, right? But this time, they pay back because they saw the turkey, they saw everything. It's like, how do we eat this? They're like, ah, we got you guys. <laughs> Actually, yes. Yeah, we're like, no, no tortillas? Like, no, no tortillas with this meal. This is different. This is different. So I just, I mean, that being said, I think all of you know that my parents are here, my brother with his wife. So this is the first Spanish lesson to you, okay? When you say welcome in plural, and funny enough, if it is at least one man, you know, within the people, you address them as males, all of them. I don't know why. Don't, I, I, I didn't make the rules, okay? I'm sorry. So you say, bienvenidos. It's just one word. Bienvenidos. Say it with me. Bienvenidos. Okay, now we're, we're all going to look at them. Like, I mean, they don't understand what I'm saying, right? They're still like, what are he saying that? And we're going to say, bienvenidos. Are you ready? One, two, three. Good job, yeah, great job. Bienvenido, that means welcome. So, I mean, if you if you see that I'm gaining weight, 
I'm guessing you know why, right? Tacos all day, every day, and beans. You know, beans and tacos go together. Um, so we actually, we just got a new router in our house because the internet wasn't working. Guess what the name of our, of our internet is? The Taco Family, isn't it? <laughs> I, it, was, it was a revelation, you know, when I said that, Christy was like, yes, I can see it. So, <laughs> yeah, every, exactly, everybody is like, oh yeah, the guy's over there. Anyways, so I'm thankful, thankful to be here. And for each one of you, it was a blessing to spend time with family, and I'm, I'm happy to hear that you also spend time with, with your loved ones. Um, so today, we're gonna read. I'm actually gonna need help. Somebody, I'm gonna need somebody to help me read um, Luke 15. Actually, if you if you have your Bibles with you or your or your phone, don't open social media. Open the Bible. And let's go to Luke 15. Now, who wants to volunteer or you want me to volunteer you to read Luke 15? Any takers? Come on, guys. Now, if you, if you, Brandon, if you do the, the uh, not me, of course I'm going to pick you. So, anybody? Three? Oh, you want to read it? Yes. Can, can I have a mic? What is the mic? Is this on? Can we can we turn this one on? Amigo, habla español, por favor. Micrófono. No. <laughs> this one it says um, it's a yellow one, I guess. It says W two spare yellow. There you go. Okay, Luke 15. Now all the tax collectors <coughs> and the sinners kept gathering around him to hear him. And both the Pharisees and the scribes kept multi muttering. Thus man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then he told them this illest things. This illustration saying that man among you with a hundred sheep on losing one of them will not leave ninety-nine behind in the wilderness and go after the lost one until he finds it. And when he has found it, he puts it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he gets home, he calls his friends and his neighbors together, saying to them, Rejoice! 
with me, for I have found my sheep was lost. I tell you that in the same way there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous ones who have to need no need to repentance or that woman who was then 10 drachma coins she loses one of the drachmas does not get a lamp and sweep her house in search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the drachma coin that I had lost. In the same way, I tell you, joy arises among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Then he said, A man had two sons, and the younger one said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that should come to me. So he divided his belongings between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all his things together and traveled to a distant country and there squandered his property by living a debauched life. When he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred throughout the country and he fell into need. He even went a and attached himself to one of the citizens of the country who sent him into the, his fields to herd his swine. And he longed to be filled with 
with the carob pods that the swine were eating, but no one would give him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread while I am dying here from hunger I will get up and travel to my father and say to him father I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father while he was still a long way off his father caught sight of him and was moved with pity and he ran and embraced him and tenderly kissed him The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But the father said to him, said to his slaves, quick, bring out a robe, the best one, and clothe him in it, with it, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And also bring the fattened calf. Slaughter it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead, but has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And they started to enjoy themselves. Now, his older son was in the field. 
and he returned and got near the house. He heard, excuse me, uprooted and planted in the sea, sea, and Thank you. Music and dancing. So he called one of the servants to him and he asked what was happening. He said to him, Your brother has come and your father slaughtered the fattened calf because he got him back in good health. But he became uh, angry and refused to go in. Then his father came out and began to plead with him. In reply, he said to his father, Look, these many years I have slaved for you, and never once did I disobey. your orders and yet you never once gave me a young goat to enjoy with my friends but as soon as the son of yours arrived You squandered, you be your belongings with prostitutes. You slaughtered the fattened calf for him. Then he said to him, My son, you have always been with me. And all things that are mine are yours. But we just had to celebrate and rejoice. Mm. For your brother was dead, but has come to life. He was lost and has been found. Amen. Thank you, sister, for... Bring that. Father, we, we thank you for your word. Ah, thank you that there is hope for us. And we just, we just want to praise you for it. And we ask that you use this time and speak to our hearts today. In your name we pray. Luke 15. So many preachings about it. 
right? And we usually pay attention to the parable of the prodigal son, right? But I would like you to go with me reading this because there's, there is something going on here. There is a situation. So we have, I'm going to start from, the, from, from verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him, talking about Jesus. And the Pharisees and scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Now it doesn't sound like, oh, this is, oh that, how cool, how fun. You know, Jesus is eating with all this bunch of sinners. It doesn't sound like that. They were not happy about it. They were probably angry about it. They were like, ah, oh, this, this guy, you know, he's eating with all the tax collectors and sinners. Like, ugh, over there. Yak. Right? Can, can you see it? Can you see the picture? So we have the sinners, the tax collectors, and we have the good guys over here grumbling about it. Grumbling about Jesus eating with them because they're unworthy. So Jesus, he noticed this, right? So he told them a story, a parable. So he told them this parable. Now, the, the tax collectors are there. So we're going to call it both, both groups of people are there. And he addressed them saying, What men of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. Now, check this out. This is important because he is putting them in the shoes of the guy that lost the sheep. He's not saying, he's not a story, it's not a story like, yeah, there was one man that, no, 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 no. He's telling them, what if you, if you had a hundred sheep and lost one, so you immediately, you put yourself in that place and it's like, hmm, if I had a hundred sheep, it was probably the only thing he had, a hundred sheep. And if you lose one, you'll go find it. That is one percent of what you own. I mean, it, it's, it's a little bit, one percent, right? Would you leave the 99 and go, and go find the other one? I wonder if they were probably saying, yeah, I mean, this is a sub. Everybody knew what he was talking about because these guys, many of them probably, did that for a living or used to, right? But they know what Jesus is talking about. They understand. Of course, if you lose one, you go find it. You go try to find it. So, and when he, and when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Right? He cares for the sheep. And you know how it is to find something that you lost. It's like, oh, yes, I found it. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need not repentance. Now, I don't know if today we will do that. Right, that if I, if you lost a sheep, and then if you found it, I'm not sure if you will call the whole church to tell, hey guys, I lost a sheep and now I found it. I'll be like, well, good for you. Might be part of the culture. I don't know. But it's happening. Okay? Now, and then he says, Jesus, or what woman, now I don't know if he's addressing if there were women in between them, no, but still, Putting in the example, I mean, it's, it's putting them in the shoes of this person, 
Okay? Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I have lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now, in my Bible, there is a little number on top of the coin word, and here it says, the Greek word refers to about 10 days pay for a worker. Now, let's try to translate that into our time. I mean, I have no idea how much it would be 10 days of work, but let's say it's $2,000. I, I don't know about you, but that's a lot of money for my pocket. And trust me, I, I will sweep the house and put it upside down, move, even open the fridge and, and between the tortillas, check if there is a coin over there. I mean, $2,000, that's a lot of money. Would you, would you try to find it? I, I think so. Right? 2000 is 2000 It's a lot of tortillas. For months you can eat with 2000 All right? This is, now check this out, this is 10% of what this woman owns. It's, it's a little bit it's a little bit more, right? It, I'm going to say it's a, uh, the weight is heavier. And she will do anything, and she did everything needed to find it. And again, she rejoiced. But not by herself. She invited her neighbors and just threw a party. I don't know. They, they rejoiced together. Isn't it that cool that the neighbors will rejoice with her? That, that sounds interesting. Now, check this out. So far, Jesus is putting them in the position of the person that is seeking. You following? The, the one that lost something. I mean, the, the owner of the thing that got lost, the, he's putting them in that place. So they're probably thinking, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if if I lost, you know, a coin, I would definitely go try to find it. Or if I lost a sheep, it makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I agree with what this guy is saying. Right? All of them are listening to him. I agree with what he's saying. But you know, Jesus, and now he told them a story. In this third part, he did not put them in the place of the owner and he said there was a man this is not of you now there was a man who had two sons Ooh, hold on hold on hold on two sons if you lose a coin pff, you're gonna be fine you know you're gonna be fine if you if you, you know, if you lost a sheep they reproduce like crazy like like rabbits you're gonna be fine you might get more but if you lose a son, this is more serious. Plus, it's 50% of what matters the most for this man. There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And you know what he did? He divided his property between them. I heard 
And if you know more about this, please tem let me know because I, I want to make sure that I'm getting this right. But I heard that this was it was it was fine. It was okay to do this. A son could ask for his part to his father even when he was still alive. So he's not breaking the law or anything, right? So the father thought, okay, I'm gonna give you your part, but he also had to give give the part to the other one. He need to be fair with both of them and give both of them everything that belonged to them basically. So, and he did, he divided his property between them. And not many days later, not many days later, so probably this guy was already, you know, like thinking about this. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. Isn't it that what we all do? We go far away well, not, where nobody can see us, where nobody that knows who we are, and we just destroy our lives over there. So he did. 14, and when he had spent everything, a severe, severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. Now remember that for these people, pigs are impure. Is, is that a word, impure? I mean, this, they don't eat this thing, pigs. They don't know what carnitas are, right? Can you imagine tortilla, carnitas, and salsa? is like, beautiful. They don't eat that, right? So it's like, now, you are feeding the pigs? You're hanging out with them? These guys stink. And that's the job that you got. So first of all, you, you're basically wishing the death of your dad because you're saying, hey, you know, you know, usually you inherit after your dad or your mom passes away, right? But this time he's like, you know what? Just give it to me now. Like almost saying, I wish you were dead. On top of that, he goes and does all the things that are not good. He lived a reckless life. Right? And the consequences, I mean, it's getting worse, 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 and worse, and worse. Now he's feeding the pigs, which is the lowest of the lowest that you can go for them. And he was longing to be fed with the pots that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. Can you imagine being in that place of need? You had to be feeling really bad to wish you were eating the food of the pigs. That is... Ugh. 17. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father... I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am, no long, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one as your higher servants. And he arose 
and came to his father. I wanted to check something very important here. A huge difference between the first two stories or parables compared to the third one is that the sheep and the coin, they do not have the capacity of thinking, of reasoning, of Right? I mean, the sheep, well, I, I don't know what, if, if, I guess they think because they have a brain, but I don't know. I mean, I know what I'm going here, but what I want to say is, like, I don't know if he was like, oh, I'm lost. Where should I go? I have no idea. The only thing that I know is they do bang. That's it. A, a little bit better than that sound, but you know what I'm saying. Or I don't know if they, they're thinking, ah, somebody's going to make me a stew. I don't, I don't know. But the coin, definitely, I'm sure the coin was not thinking anything. That I can guarantee Right? But in this case, his reasoning, he thought, what in the world am I doing here? I made a mistake. I did wrong. Huh. I'm going to go back to my father. I'm going to ask, can you please at least treat me like one of your servants? big difference because in the third story the father did not go look for his son in the first two yes it makes sense because the coin is not going to come by itself right but in the third story the son he's the one that noticed I am lost but what he was but while he was still on, still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. The first thing that the father felt was compassion. And ran and embraced him and kissed him. I love that the version that our sister read says tender, tender kissed. I think I think it's I think it's a tender case. So probably I, I heard many people saying like, well, if he saw him from far, he maybe he was waiting for him. I don't know, probably, right? But at least we know that he saw him and he right away went to him and felt compassion. He felt compassion. That was the motive of his heart. Compassion when he gave him a hug and a kiss. Just remember that this guy is coming from feeding the pigs. And that he broke basically all the law. And he misbehaved as bad as you can misbehave. He wasted his money with prostitutes. Again, breaking the law. You see it? It's just against everything that they consider considered good standards. For their culture, for their religion, for, for everything they believe. Remember, he's talking to the scribes, to the good guys. It's bad. It, this, is, this is really bad. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father, do you remember what he was planning to say before? He was planning to say, please allow me to be at least one of your servants. Right? But the father interrupted him. 
And this, uh, what am I? 22. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Can you imagine the scribes and the Pharisees listening to this? They were like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That, that does not sound right. Where are you going with this story? This guy does not deserve that. He does not deserve that. And probably the other was like, really? He did really bad. How come the father accepted him like that? And gave him the same position he had before as a son. And gave him the ring and a good robe. This story doesn't make sense anymore. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. Now check this out. Check what the brother felt, the first thing that he felt when he found out. He was angry. Remember the father? Felt compassion. But this guy, he was angry. That is the opposite. Totally opposite. He was angry and refused to go in. Now, his father came out and entreated him. He begged him, son. He wasn't like, hey, what are you doing? You stop this stupidity. What are you doing? Get in. Not like that. With a tender heart. Came out and entreated him. But but he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and I have and I never disobeyed your command. Yet, you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. Time out. What do you mean you never disobeyed? Really? Did you notice the kids when, when Carrie asked them? Right? You never say anything bad, anything mean? That, that's not true. So this guy, the good guy, there is a problem here. He's, he's not seeing what's going on. He's considering himself like up here. I never disobeyed you. Oh, really? That's not the case. I never disobeyed you. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. Interesting that he's not asking that I might celebrate with you, dad, father. Right? He basically had the same problem as the youngest son. He wanted just to throw a party with someone else. He didn't want to be with the father. But when this son of yours came who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed a fattened calf for him. So, first of all, he addresses, refers to his brother, 
like this son of yours. He's not my brother anymore. He's not worthy of being called my brother because I'm way too good. I'm here. I behave well. I never disobeyed. This guy, this son of yours, can you see the, can you see it? This son of yours. Now again, he devoured, man that's a huge word, destroyed everything with prostitutes. That is awful. Was he right? Yeah, he was right. This, the, the, his brother did it. Right? And you killed a fattened calf for him. I mean, that was like basically you bought the best salsa and the best burritos and you served everybody the best meal that we can have. Big party for him, for the sinner. And the father again, he said to him, Son, you're always with me and all that is mine is yours. That is true. Because remember, he had to split everything in two for the two sons. One of them wasted everything, but everything else that you see, it is yours. You can actually go get the God if you want. It is all yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. What a story. And I know we all heard this story so many times. But it's, it's amazing. The way God, the way Jesus is addressing this group of people, He put them in the shoes first, right, of the owner. But this time, He's putting them, both of them, in the shoes of one son, the young son, and the old son. I'm talking about you guys now. These guys, they got lost and wasted everything. Right? But the other ones, you guys, stay, stay close to me. You are in my house. But you're still lost. You are as lost as they are. In the same way. He was talking to them with tenderness. He was explaining them, this is what's going on with you all. Everything because they grumbled about the fact that Jesus was hanging out with the sinners. They complained. They were not happy that Jesus was hanging out with them. So he was explaining, this is why I hang out with them. Honestly, I don't know why this, the last, the third parable, parable is called, um, at least in my Bible, the parable of the prodigal son. I think we should call it the parable of the merciful father that treated both his sons in the same way. Even though one of them behaved really bad and the other one followed the law, basically, and they were an example of good people. Now, I don't know if you identify with any of these cases. Because usually, you know, I always thought, I was a lost sheep, you know, I was a lost coin. And yeah, we were lost in the world. And God Himself brought us back to Himself. But in this example, 
I always thought, I, yeah, I'm the, I'm the younger. I'm the youngest son. But you know what? Sometimes I think I'm the, I'm the oldest. And I think, pardon me to address you this way, but I think you are also the oldest. Because we're here in a good place. And we are behaving well. What comes to your mind when you hear that, uh, I don't know, maybe a friend that used to be a Christian or a son of a friend of a daughter, whatever. What do you, what do you feel when you hear, oh, so-and-so got pregnant? Do you feel like compassion for them? Like, oh, man. I was like, yeah, well, that makes sense, man. She was going, she was going nuts. I saw her with one guy the other day, with another one the other day, with another one the other day. Or you think, oh, yeah, she deserved that. What, what comes to your heart? Or when you hear that some and such and such, they, 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 they're not good people, and they're making a lot of money, and they're thriving in their business or in their job or whatever, and you... God, that we never disobeyed and we do our best and we try to be. I'm struggling with this. Why is that? Does that come to your mind? The oldest son was as lost as the youngest son. However, this is not the center of the story. You know what the main character of this story is? It's the father. This is about the father. Guys, the good guys and the bad guys, come and see the father. I want you to see how he reacts when one lost person gets saved, when somebody that is lost is found. He rejoices. In the three of the stories... The main thing that happens, what is it? The father or the owner of the sheep and the, and the coin rejoices. And he expresses that joy with other people. That's amazing. That is the character of our father. There is mercy and there is grace in his house. Out there is bad. There's just pigs and smelly dirt or whatever it is. I don't know. But in his house, there is a ring for you and there is a robe. And they will kill the best fattened calf to celebrate for those that got lost. I, uh, to be honest with you, when I um, <clears throat> when I read this story, and when I go to that part, I was like, you know what? Sometimes I'm like the older son. I am like the older son. I don't know if he continued the story, but at least this is what we get of his word. Now I want you. I want to tell you a couple points here. The 
the, the older son, he did not repent. At least in the story, he did not repent. And the youngest son, he lost everything. But he had one thing left. The father. He only had the father. And that is more than enough and it's sufficient. We have the father. And in his house, there is grace and there is mercy for you. If you wasted everything in the world with prostitutes getting drunk in the world, in the house of the Father, there is grace and mercy for you. If you come back, come back. The older son, unfortunately, even though he had everything, he stayed in the same place. In the house of the father, without knowing the father. I don't want that in my life. I don't know about you. I'm guessing you don't either. I don't want to be the older son. There is mercy and grace in his house. It doesn't matter where you are at right now. Did you waste your time? Did you waste? Did you waste something? There is mercy and grace. Get close to the Father. When He sees you coming, He will run to you and receive you. And He will give you a hug. He will give you a kiss. And He will put you in that position of son and daughter of the Father. That is the story. That's what he's talking about. He's inviting with the same tender heart the scribes. Guys, get close to him. He said it was fitting to celebrate. It makes sense to celebrate. We all been there. Let's get close to the Father. God, I thank you for your word. Thank you for, for this story of, of your heart and how you see each one of us. And I pray that this body, this part of the body of Christ, God, that we can get to see you and, and, and receive that mercy and that grace and that we can... Um, take that step forward if we need to come back to you and if we are in the house God please that we that we get to enjoy you and understand that we have everything we have you and help us love those that are lost help us teach us how to lead them how to help them to come back to your house I thank you God for your word Thank you for, for your grace and for being patient to each one of us. We bless your name. Amen. Amen.
Thanks, Brother Lee, for that word. really don't have much to add to that. Very, very well put and said. But I just had to think for myself, you know, I think probably all of us, we have to be honest with ourselves. Put yourself in those shoes with being the elder versus the uh, the younger son. And, you know, and honestly, I've been there myself already. And, you know, it's realizing is so many times we get caught up, get comfortable in, in our environment, in our church or whatever, grow up in a Christian home. But so true, we're not any better than the younger son. It's only because of Jesus Christ that we're here, and it's um, his mercy and his grace. So thanks again, brother, for that word. It's just uh, encouragement for me and for all of us to uh, think it's always a good time. Kind of we're kind of ending the 2023, and it just to evaluate our own lives and, uh, yeah, just realizing what God has truly done for each one of us. Thanks again for coming. Uh, just bring this to your close of our service. And uh, why don't we all rise and we'll have the blessing in, on the new meal and the benediction. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love and your mercy. Lord, we find ourselves so many times being complacent. And Lord, it's just it's because of you. It's because of your mercy and your grace for what you've done for us on Calvary. Thank you again for each of these brethren and these sisters here. Lord, I just pray that you uh, bless each one of these, uh, each one of them. Lord, as we uh, depart from here, Lord, I just, we can be that, that beacon on a hill for you, Father, in that light in here in, this, in Greeley, Colorado. We thank you also for the physical food that has been provided for us. I just pray you bless it to our bodies. Bless the hand that have prepared it. Bless our afternoon together, Lord. And, Lord, as we uh, participate in the food and in with the fellowship, and just pray that we could be a blessing and encouragement to one another here in the body. Thank you again, Lord, for your, for your many blessings. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. We're dismissed.